This is the Saucer Afterlife, in which we look at some of the things. This is a sort of pilot for a new Saucer Afterlife, in which we sort of look at things that happened in the last episode, the last regular episode, and sort of follow up on them. So this is the Saucer Afterlife for Valvalarian's Matrix Part 1. Okay, to start off with, uh, I have got, I've got a couple listener questions that came in through social media. Uh, the first is from Kirk. Is Valerian's alleged knowledge or information exclusively derived from public sources, such as articles, books, and websites, or does he have exclusive insider whistleblower sources and possibly personal experiences with the aliens or their human allies? It's a mixture of both. A lot of it is sort of sourced from unnamed sort of figures. I guess you could call them whistleblowers. Uh, he does allege some personal interaction with some of these entities, but he's very vague about that. Uh, as far as, oh, as far as insider and whistleblower sources in part two of the matrix coming up next time, uh, we do have some, uh, some of the more like sort of, you can sort of label it. Yes, this is actually a whistleblower thing. We've got a, a little dialogue with supposedly a CIA agent about some things. So it's a real mix of things. And he does, he does kind of hint at personal, uh, personal activities, personal activities, personal experiences with the aliens that are human allies. Uh, but mostly it's, there's a lot, especially near the end of the book, there's a lot of reprinted photocopied newspaper stories that he links to the things he's talking about. So public domain sources, um, but also a lot of things that have circulated in the culture and in the, the field that everybody sort of knows about, but you know, don't really. Okay. And we've got a second question from Scott. How does the John Lear UFOs or machines that steal souls stuff compare to the Collins elite stuff Redfern has been pushing? Are they from the same source? So if you're not familiar with the Collins elite uh, stuff Redfern has been pushing, in Scott's words, uh, I urge you to read Nick Redfern's book, Final Events. And what it does, just to sort of thumbnail sketch the... Um, the Collins elite stuff. It's um, a group of a supposedly secret shadowy group of, of politically and economically powerful uh, evangelical Christians who are sort of, it's been a long time since I read the book. I think I, I read it right when it came out, but um, so, so are these, these Christian elites, evangelical Christian elites are somehow maneuvering us toward the end times, the alien stuff is all demons, things like that. And so there is that, that religious or spiritual overtone that um, really matches up in a way to the John Lear UFOs or machines that steal souls thing. And if we enlarge the John Lear UFOs or machines that steal souls thing to all the stuff about religion that's talked about in the, um, the Matrix book and the O.H. Krill document forerunner to it. What we see is that the key difference is the Collins elite is sort of promoting a particular religious viewpoint and the John Lear matrix Valvalarian Krill stuff is sort of saying that that souls and demons and angels and things and that religion, all religion in general is sort of a, a construct by the aliens to, to keep us in line and to sort of, um, you know, things like that. So there, there's, there's a connection in the, the sort of content, but the, the angle from which they approach it 
is a bit different. And another question I just remembered, I don't have the person's name in front of me, but somebody asked if, um, you know, Val Valerian supposedly, you know, it's a pseudonym of, of John Grace. Is John Grace this person's real name or is that a further pseudonym? I do not know that answer. I need to ask Adam Go Rightly because if anybody would know, Adam Go Rightly would know. And now the sort of main event, um, <laughs> this is, this is the, the new thing. This is a pilot. We'll see how this works. Um, what we've done is we have in Studio B, we are in Studio B, not the usual studio, not Studio A. We are in Studio B and we have a special guest in Studio B and that is the Saucer Wife. Um, you might have, uh, you, you might know her from me mentioning her on Instagram posts about what I have for supper on Sundays. And you might think she sounds a lot like Roberta and that's because she's actually Roberta's sister. They sound a lot alike. It's wild. It's a little confusing. Sometimes it's led to some issues on the phone. So, okay, we've got the saucer wife in here and the saucer wife has, um, has listened to the entire episode and has taken 15 pages of notes and has... No, it, w- it was four, and, and oh. let it be also known that the episode was, what, an hour and how many minutes? Uh, I think like an hour 17. Yeah. I, it, might, it might have been our, our, longest, uh, our longest episode. So thank you for listening to our longest episode. I appreciate it. So you've got... I, it was more than four pages. Oh, you got 15 sort of note things over the course of four pages. And you have distilled Correct. these down into some layperson's questions about this episode that will yes. hopefully be enlightening and elucidating to, if, if elucidating is the word I'm looking for, to the Saucer Life audience. And so today we have the Saucer Wife in the studio. Uh, for future afterlifes, we will probably rotate among the various members of the uh, the, the, the sort of merry band of, of Chizo Media personalities that we have on the, uh, on the I, I say payroll, um, but uh, we don't pay them a lot. We, we, we pay them in in trinkets and, and food and, and things like that. So, um, saucer wife, what would you like to know? Again, we, we said at the beginning, this is like a, a dumbed down version of these questions. I, I listened to the previous questions and, and my questions are nowhere near as, intelligently thought out as they are well i've said it before and i'll say it again the regular listeners to the saucer life comprise the most erudite intelligent audience in all of podcasting i i do not understand half the questions these people send me they are all way smarter than i am so so no this is to them may be very boring that's fine um so you mentioned that you didn't buy the PDF of the Matrix. I, I mean, I didn't buy the book. I don't think it, it was ever actually sold as a PDF, but I did not buy the book. Okay, you didn't buy it. No. So does that mean you are a cheap ass? Okay, the book is like a big photocopied thing, and it's going for like a hundred bucks. So. So my question stands: Are you a cheap ass? I am. I am. I've got other things to buy. I've got a massive Transformers collection um, here in Studio B. It sort of livens the place up. Um, I've bought another bike um I've, so how did you gain access to this pdf it's floating out floating uh, it's floating around out there on the internet various places uh, you can download it now i i think i said in the episode and i will say again i did go to this guy's website and tried to find a place to buy it and 
you know what? If somebody can point me to a link on Val Valerian's website, truefax, trufax.org, um, where I can buy the actual original copy of The Matrix and the money goes to the author and not to some guy photocopying them and selling them on Amazon or something, hey, I will strongly consider possibly maybe doing that at some point. Uh, so you still wouldn't buy it? I would strongly consider buying it at some point. Mm. Okay. That's a non-answer. I'm a cheap ass. Next question. Okay. What exactly is MJ-12? Okay. This is... M- short answer. M- okay. MJ-12 is supposedly... Short answer. Okay. Shortest answer I can come up with. MJ-12 is supposedly the governing body of scientists and military and intelligence officials who manage the UFO cover-up and have since like 1947. So how old would they be? Well, they replace them when they retire or die. It's like, you know, like, what's Congress? What well, was established as the legislature in 1789? Geez, they must be hundreds of years old. No, they, they, they replace these people as, um, as time goes on, right? So, like, if there's a board of a foundation or something. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Okay. I'd be, inter- I'd be intrigued to hear how they replace these members. Well, it's usually people. maybe you should do an episode i'm not oh gosh i don't want to do an mj12 episode don't make me do an mj12 episode oh it'd be like a whole podcast all right moving on yeah you blatantly plugged rightly's book <laughs> oh who isn't it go rightly yeah go rightly okay i didn't you said it weird rightly's book it's go rightly not rightly oh wasn't his first name go <laughs> adam go rightly what a wild name. It's like Holly Golightly in that movie that has Holly Golightly in it. Is that his real name? I don't know. I don't ask those sorts of questions. He's a, he's a pal of mine, but I'm not going to ask. Anywho. Yes, I blatantly plug Adam Golightly's new book, Saucers, Spooks, and Kooks from Daily Grill Press. You can get it on Amazon, folks. Uh, did he pay you for this spot? Absolutely not. He did send me some old VHS tapes once. Okay. What purposes do you think aliens would be mind-controlling humans for? Oh, well, um, so, so you're talking about the thing where they've, they've programmed humans with these, these suggestions that are instructions that they'll carry out in the future, that, that yes. part of it? Yeah. Um, I think, like, the intention, and it wasn't really clearly stated, but, but sort of the, the, the supposition or the in- intention is that those humans will be sort of activated as the, the sort of sort of ground troops cannon fodder of the new alien order so they'll be like like rounding up unimplanted people like us and and putting us into the uh the 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 gray death camp or something do you have quartz glasses oh the quartz explain the the quartz glasses tell me about these okay well you just said that humans like us oh however you don't know if i am a human or if I'm a humanoid. Well, I also don't know if you're a human who's been abducted and implanted. See, I think that's another category. So, yeah, the quartz glasses. I do not have the quartz glasses. Um, yeah, I know. That was coming up here. Yeah. Do you have a question that's, about those? Yeah, I do. But I don't. that's not here yet. So, why don't we just hold that thought? Okay. How many episodes do you have planned? Because in this episode, you must have said four to five times, well, we are going to do an episode on this, or we should do an episode on this. Well, I don't know how many more episodes I've got in me, but I can tell you that I have enough episodes sort of saved up in my head of things that we should do that um, the show isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So yes, there are a lot of topics left to cover. 
At least five. Okay. Here we are. We're back to the glasses now. Okay. Um, there's a reference to humanoid versus real and the use of crystal glasses in this episode. Um, my question is, number one, would you approach randoms with your crystal glasses and try to engage if they were a humanoid? Yeah. What would you say? I'd say, you know, shapeshift back into your alien form and fight me, you coward. Would you tell anybody if you found a humanoid like, here come the men in black? I don't trust anybody enough to to tell them. I would handle the alien impersonators myself. Speaking of men in black, how many times do you think in an episode do you say men in black and... Do you, in your head, sing the song? I do not sing the song. I sing the song every time I hear Men in Black. Yeah, I know. I live here. And I would, and I would, I would really like to hear from the listeners if they, too, sing Men in Black in their head. I think it's probably determined by their age. True. All right. Mere children like you have a, a flawed interpretation of the Men in Black mythology shaped by that horrible movie. Whereas my only, vision of the men in black is pure. I'm only three years younger than you. That's an important three years. There's like a generational gap here. Moving on again. Okay, yeah, go. Okay, there was talk about abduction patterns. And there was a list of eight to nine things that happen when you're abducted. And the, and the author of The Matrix talks about how it's a pattern. And it can be like one of the things on the list or two of the things on the list four of the things on the list it's really not a pattern though is it well no i mean it's it's like it's yeah yeah you're right he, he's not using the word pattern correctly it's like here's eight things one of these might happen that's a pattern it, that's not a pattern a pattern would be a b a b a or a c a c a i'm having flashbacks to learning rhyme schemes of poetry but yeah 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 anyways that bothered me it bothered me too it was dumb Talking about abduction experiences, um, using your cultural norms um, to reference like an experience. He talks about, you know, the people it's in places that they are comfortable with or know things about. Wouldn't it make more sense to take the person someplace they don't know anything about and have it be valid? Wouldn't that give more like truthfulness to their statement? Well, I mean, the way I would, I would sort of address that is what is, what are the aliens trying to do? If they're trying to like do something to these people, um, maybe having them in a situation where they would be calm and relaxed makes the aliens job easier of implanting these suggestions or, or hypnosis or implants or whatever. Maybe if they put them in like, like you're, you're in the alien ship and everything is weird and freaky. Maybe that's too much sensory overload for the typical human brain and they can't actually make that make anything work because the human's just freaking out so bad that, you know, they just have to sort of sedate the human and, I don't know, dump him in a ditch and find somebody else. who. Well, can't they wipe memories? Well, that's, well, I... I don't know. You know, maybe they can. There's, there's, you know, talk that that the alien abductors, you know, implant what, what are called screen memories to sort of hide what uh, you know you think you were, you know, at the dentist, but really getting a filling, but really you were getting probed, you know, in in some in some way. So, 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, the idea of, of, of abductions being sort of culturally resonant with the abductee is an interesting one, but I, I see what you're saying about how, you know, why, you know, what's the purpose of the aliens going to all this trouble and, and, you know, wouldn't it be better if it was more realistic, but, and would the person, you know, people would be believed more if it was a more realistic alien i'm doing air quotes alien experience but do the aliens want their abductees to be believed by anybody they tell or do they want thing you know what i mean i don't know yeah i get what you're saying yeah all right have have you met any grace no and if so i haven't okay well i was going to ask you which number and um i just the thing that stands out about the numbers of the grays is number oh, three. Yeah. They, they, they the like the crazy types. sacks. Yeah. The, 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 the alien grays like the, like the crazy sacks The the number three, gray type. Number three. three. Yeah. Do you remember specifically what about the, the crazy sex they liked? I thought it was like BDSM kind of stuff. I need to listen to this episode again. This is wild. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, dear. I, do you write margin notes? I I do write margin notes. Um, my, do you purchase the book that you write the margin notes in, or do you just, you know, find it for free on the internet? Well, I find it free on the internet, and then with my my iPad pencil, I can write you, margin no, notes. No, no, no. I, I, I do write regular margin notes with a pen and books I buy. Okay. Okay. I do not write margin books in library, not margin notes in library books. I, I don't do that. Those people are trash. But um, yeah, big margin note fan. Um, I thought the margin notes in this book were bizarre. I am surprised. I did not notice the Antichrist coming back. I know. For example, weird, weird stuff. But uh, did you rent college textbooks when you were in college? They didn't have that option. I'm old. I remember renting them. Or getting used copies. It oh, wasn't used. renting. Yeah, used. Yeah, used books. It was books. used yeah. copies. And then somebody ahead of you, did you always have that, did you have that person who highlighted every single word and oh, yeah. you're like, yeah. that's not what this is about. Absolutely. Every every paragraph in the entire chapter is vitally important to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those people didn't read past the first chapter. You see, I sometimes I would, I would flip through the used book and if it was like egregiously highlighted, I would, you know, just like suck it up and buy a new one just because it's less annoying. Yeah. Well, I'm a cheap ass, so I still buy the... Well, you're rubbing off on me. Okay. Um, you rattled on for a while about whether or not inter- interpenetrated <laughs> is a word. Yeah. And it is a word. Oh, good. Um, I don't know why I wrote this down, but I asked the, I'm asking the question, what's a fun conspiracy theory? Because I think you made reference to they're not being fun conspiracy theories yeah, or like, something like the like whole that. like like death camp thing is not a fun yes, conspiracy yes. theory so I, th- I was like okay let's lighten it up what's a fun conspiracy theory I th- oh i and i want to preface this for one moment can you um tell yours and then i would like to hear about the um walmart what walmarts are used for as well uh, oh okay so so for for me an example of a fun conspiracy theory i think um, I think the flat earth stuff is fun, um, because it's goofy and unscientific and there's, you know, colorful people saying strange things. Um, and you know what? Here's the thing. 
as far as anti-science conspiracy theories go, if somebody believes in the flat earth, they're not going to affect the world around them. They're not going to have an impact on their community and their neighbors and things like that. If they're some sort of, you know, rabid anti-vaxxer or something, you know, that, that can have a, a more negative impact on the community. So it's, it's a, it's an anti-scientific, you know, anti-science conspiracy, but it's, you know, it's harm is basically limited to sort of, you, you sort of roll your eyes and groan at the, the, the loss of, of, you know, critical thinking skills. I think, I think flat earth is, is kind of fun. I think, um, any kind of conspiracy theory that, um, man, the thing is you drill down on nearly all of them and nearly all of them are, you know, at some level you get to, you, you go deep enough on any conspiracy theory and, and you, you run into to sort of the, the weird sort of, you know, anti-Semitic or racist or, or vile or, or hateful thing at some point in, in a lot of conspiracy theories, which, you know, maybe it's just me, but the virulent racism sort of takes the fun out of things, right? You know, it, it's like, oh, gosh, no, this is not good. I'm going to stop reading this unless I have to for work or something. Um, but I think Flat Earth is fun. I think just the general old school UFO conspiracy theory of everybody knows they're flying saucer that flying saucers are from outer space, but the air force is covering it up, but the air force is dumb because we've really figured it out. I think the, the sort of old school, like, like UFO hunters versus the air force conspiracy thing was, was kind of fun. I've got some nostalgia for that, but I don't know these days there aren't a lot of fun conspiracy theories left. All right. Valdemir, am I saying that right? Valdemar. That. Talks of window zones. Yeah. Any ideas where these would be? Um, I think there's a map in the second half showing window zones or vortex areas in the United States. And I will, uh, I will throw that up on social media sometime in the next, uh, the next week. Um, I will say that there are none where we live. I looked. Yeah. Good to know. So after listening to this episode, I'm not going to Vegas. Yeah. But to be yeah. fair, I never was to yeah. begin with. Creepy place. And and I think that's the end of my notes. Okay. I mean, I did have quite a few more, but reading over them now, they don't make much sense to me. Well, it's a lot like the episode. Um. I, the the intriguing thing that I wrote down was NSA goes around putting rocks around people, and then I had a smiley face. So I must have made something up. Does that trigger <laughs> anything for you? I don't even I don't remember the type three grays being BDSM sex fiends. So. I might have made that up too. Okay, well, um, it okay. makes it a lot more interesting. It, it does actually. Yeah. So this show needed more sex. This show did need more sex. That is absolutely absolutely true. Um. The whole podcast needs more sex. I mean, not really, but, you know, wouldn't hurt. Um, we'll get that explicit tag one day, folks, on, on iTunes or something. Should I drop an F-bomb or no, something? No, don't drop an Stop it. No. Um, please don't. We're, we're going to be in trouble. Is this a family show? Well, members of my family listen to it occasionally. So, yes, let's say it's a family show. I mean, besides you. You're, you're a member of my family, they tell me. So, um, okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, saucer wife. Am I and getting cut off now? What? Am I, am, am I being cut off? No, your, your mic is still alive. Um, 
All right. Thanks, everybody. And um, we'll be back next time with the second part of Val Valerian's Matrix. (laughs) 